0: Good morning Ecclesiastes chapter 7 we're going to continue our studies at verse 19 Ecclesiastes chapter 7 continuing at verse 19 if you've been with us in these Bible classes in Ecclesiastes at this point you are well acquainted with the theme of this Old Testament book life here on earth Solomon uses the phrase under the sun without God is vain. Solomon says it is a chasing after wind. It has no good end. How then should life here on earth be lived? If the world here under the sun doesn't answer our need for purpose and meaning, how then should we live? And Solomon answers that at the end of the book by saying, Fear God and keep his commandments. So today, we are in the last part of chapter 7, moving further toward that conclusion. Ecclesiastes 7, 19 through 29, after prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for another year additional opportunities and challenges and this morning time we can use to give good attention to thy word may we do so with reverence and fear with personal intention to keep your commandments in jesus name we pray amen ecclesiastes chapter 7 i'm continuing at verse 19 wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than 10 rulers who are in a city surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins do not take to heart all the things that people say lest you hear your servant cursing you your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others all this i have tested by wisdom I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which has been is far off and deep, very deep. Who can find it out? I turned my heart to know and to search out and to seek wisdom and the scheme of things and to know the wickedness of folly and the foolishness that is madness. And I find something more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets, and whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the scheme of things which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. See, this alone I found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Here's something I've mentioned before. There are parts of Ecclesiastes written in what we call proverbial format. Parts of Ecclesiastes are written in proverbial format. That's Proverbs, brief statements that capture truth for our thought and self examination. We found this format earlier, back in the opening of chapter 7, and now if you'll look with me again where we are at verse 19, you'll find a series of Proverbs, brief statements that capture truth for our personal thought and self-examination starting in verse 19 with this one wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than 10 rulers who are in the city let's start here the fact that men have been given positions of rulership doesn't necessarily mean they are wise qualified or competent whether appointed or elected the fact that men have been given positions of rulership doesn't necessarily mean they are wise or qualified or competent whether they've been appointed or elected even when you assemble them together in a group you may not have wisdom it is unlikely that anyone here would take issue with that or require any kind of lengthy presentation of evidence. But I'll say it again because I think it captures what Solomon speaks to here. The truth is, the fact that men have been given positions of rulership doesn't necessarily mean they are wise, are qualified, are competent, whether they have been appointed or elected. There can be, in a city, in a population unit, in a capital, in a big metropolitan area. There can be ten rulers. But if they lack wisdom, their leadership or rule will not be good. It's a very simple point. It is expressed in a proverb which is to say a brief statement that puts the spotlight on a simple truth. And what it does is it exalts the value of wisdom that's what we need wisdom wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than 10 rulers who are in a city I heard this explained many years ago like this sort of like this sometimes there is an old farmer in the country out there all by himself who has more good sense than all the men in the city who run everything. Now, that is not an across-the-board statement about every single farmer or every single ruler in the metro area. But it illustrates the point. Sometimes there's an old farmer in the country out by himself who has more good sense than all the men in the city who run everything. Solomon saw that. And we see that. A case where one is better than ten if the one is operating on wisdom and the ten are not. Let me put it that way. I posted it that way the other day on Facebook, got some good responses. This is a case where one is better than ten if the one is wise and the ten are not. Now, how does this relate to the theme of Ecclesiastes? It's part of the reality of living under the sun. You're going to see this. You're going to see this. It's part of reality here under the sun. And how do we deal with this and the frustration of this? Well, Solomon will tell us we seek wisdom from God for our own lives. We fear God and keep his commandments. We are aware of the realities of life under the sun. And to cope with those realities that are sometimes disappointing and frustrating, we do what Solomon recommends at the end of the book. Fear God and keep his commandments. Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in the city. Questions or comments? Ecclesiastes seven nineteen. Now, verse 20 is another proverb. That is to say, it is a brief statement. It captures truth in a very brief statement. Surely, there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Claims of perfection, even among people who are generally good fail the test of time. Claims of perfection, even among people who are generally good, fail the test of time. If I connected Ecclesiastes 7.20 with anything in the New Testament, I think it would be Romans 3.23. All have sinned and do fall short of the glory of God. Righteousness as received and applied by human beings is not the same as life long sinless perfection that perfection standard life long sinless perfection that standard was reached by only one man on earth and that of course would be the lord Verse 21 is another proverb, a brief statement that captures truth for our careful evaluation. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. I tell you what has occurred to me, there are statements in Ecclesiastes that if taken seriously will keep you from going crazy. There are statements in Ecclesiastes that, if taken seriously, will keep you from going crazy and staying up all night and worrying yourself to death. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest your servant or lest you hear your servant cursing you. Self examination and accepting constructive criticism is good. When people come to help us, our first response should be to welcome all valuable help. I should be open to constructive criticism. All of us should be open to constructive criticism. However, regarding things that people say, I think we all know there is the danger of becoming too sensitive too self-conscious so we need reminders and Solomon's good at reminding us of things we need to be reminded that not everything that is said about us and against us has merit don't take everything to heart or the words of the foolish will drive you crazy Let God, through His Word, be the basis of your self-evaluation. And if somebody comes to you with constructive criticism, be open to listen to them. Then always use this standard to evaluate your conduct. But if you take seriously everything that everybody says about you... You're going to have a hard time going to sleep at night, eating, being at peace... Don't take everything to heart or the words of the foolish will drive you crazy. Let God through his word be the ultimate basis of all self-evaluation. Questions or comments? Good Proverbs given from God through Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Now, concerning the matter we just referred to in verse 21... Verse 22 is a follow-up. Verse 22 is a follow-up and just turns this around to enlighten us about the previous statement. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. Well, that's right, isn't it? That's right. Let me ask you this. If you have never spoken a careless word in your life, if you've never offered criticism that turned out to be mean and not really justified, if you've never spoken such words, raise your hand. I see none. Here's what you're doing You are agreeing with James who said, We all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So, if we have spoken careless words... It should not surprise us that others speak careless words. If we have said things about people that we later regretted, maybe that we said in the steam of anger. If we have said such things, it should not surprise us nor keep us up at night that others say things about us that are not justified. So don't get all obsessed and depressed and super sensitive about everything you hear. We have sinned and everybody around us have sinned. People around us have sinned. In a moment, we will let Solomon emphasize this with a very far-reaching indictment. But now we're going to go ahead and enter into verse 23 and here's the lead-in. These Proverbs from 19 to 22 immediately strike us as real, as authentic and practical. We see the truth in these statements and we are inclined to say, as we navigate from verse 19 down through verse 22, we are inclined to say, wow, Solomon's pretty smart. But if you were to have Solomon here today, I think he would deny being so smart. Because now in verse 23, Solomon doesn't claim that he's the originator of wisdom. He says, all this I have tested by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. I'm going to go ahead and add the tagline to that it is good for a writer or a speaker to impart wisdom but with this qualification I'm not the source perhaps it came through me and perhaps I've worded it well and I've taken advantage of an opportunity but I'm not the originator I can discover wisdom from another source a higher source I can write it I can speak it but don't give me credit I am not the originator. I think that's what Solomon is saying in verses 23 and 24. Particularly when I read the NIV rendition of this, I'm convinced that's the point. All this I tested by wisdom and I said, I am determined to be wise. But this was beyond me. Whatever exists is far off and most profound. Who can discover it? So when I read something in Ecclesiastes that sounds good, I should not glorify Solomon. I should glorify God, who gave Solomon the wisdom that he wrote. Solomon said in verses 23 and 24, if I understand it correctly, it's beyond me. Literally, it's beyond me. I'm not the originator. Wisdom comes Not from somebody who discovered it and researched it out under the sun. Wisdom comes from the maker of the sun. Not even the wise men who study and live under the sun and do research and go to the office of the library or the lab every day. Can come up with this high value wisdom. Captured by these proverbs we have studied from verse 19 down through verse 22. Questions or comments? To this, we'll add verse 25. I turn my heart to know and to search out and to seek wisdom in the scheme of things and to know the wickedness of folly and the foolishness that is Madness. I consider verse 25 to be an additional statement about Solomon's efforts to know things under the sun. With examination, experimentation, contemplation, uh, limited to life under the sun. Solomon says it's hard and bitter and maddening. You cannot make sense of life when your view of life is just here. Horizontal. You can't make sense of it that way. Uh, in his commentary says Solomon describes here the meanderings of his inquisitive mind that did not yield a harvest of wisdom. He had to rely on God. He says it's beyond me. When I try to figure everything out myself in the horizontal plane, I come up with nothing. It just drives me crazy. That's the meanderings of Solomon's inquisitive mind that did not yield wisdom from himself. He had to depend upon another source. Verse 26. And I find something more bitter than death. A woman whose heart is snares and nets and whose hands are fetters, he who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. I believe an audience like this, a class like this, it can be said that you are aware of this qualification that I'm going to state, but it's obvious to you. This is not about every female. This is about a certain kind of female. When you read a statement that indicts man of sin Do you think that every single male is guilty of that? So the qualification here will be obvious to you. This is not about every female. It's about a certain kind of female. One with a heart intent on snaring and catching. Those words are used in a negative context here snaring and catching. This is not a good woman looking for a good man. Not in this context. This is a woman who deceives and schemes and uses ill-conceived methods to her advantage. And Solomon knew about that. And Solomon's observation is, this is more bitter than death. There are women who set out to entrap to deceive, to enslave, and it's all about their own advantage. Solomon had experience with women like this, I'm certain. I'm also certain that Solomon was naive. And I'm certain that he was driven by appetite and impulse and raw power that male leaders had back in that day. So you combine the weaknesses of Solomon's character with the scheming women and it was a total loss for Solomon and for the people Solomon governed, it was a loss. It's bitter. There are godly women who are careful to avoid scheming and entrapment and godly women find it disgusting. But this statement is about ungodly women. And should you want examples of this, the Bible will supply examples of this. When I first read this verse in my preparation a couple of weeks ago... I sent my mind out in search of just a couple of examples of women in the Bible who would be guilty of what Solomon describes and immediately I came up with Delilah and Jezebel. Is that about what you were? Is that where you were going in your mind? Delilah, who entangled Solomon's long hair and robbed the strong man of his of his strength. Jezebel would be another. Now, when men read this, and when mothers and fathers read this, and they're training their young men, what you want to go to immediately is the way of escape. How do young men escape such difficulty? You know the answer, because Solomon gives it right in the middle of the verse. He who pleases God escapes her. Why are you teaching your boys to please God? Why are you teaching your children to please God? To escape the snares and nets that could come into their lives from either male or female. So the way of escape is clearly identified by Solomon. Questions or comments? Twenty-six and twenty-seven. Here's the way of escape. Twenty-six. Uh, no. 27 and 28. That's where we are. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the scheme of things, which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. I'm not sure I know what to make of that. You know, I just sometimes have to tell you, I don't I'm not sure what this is about. I, I can give you an idea of what comes to mind, but I, I can't tell you that you can take that home, you can write cash that check. I'm not sure what he's talking about here. I know and you know from first Kings eleven that Solomon found a thousand women or more, and, and they found him to their mutual destruction. Maybe what he's saying here is, if I may paraphrase, my perspective has always been limited. In my attempt to search out wisdom and find the meaning of life under the sun, I've been frustrated and part of that frustration has been on my part. It's my fault that it doesn't all add up because I haven't been objective. What I have repeatedly sought I have not found. Understanding male and female has been clothed in mystery. Maybe that's what he's getting at. But I'm not sure. It's not clear to me. This may just be one of many similar statements where Solomon is confessing his failure to understand perfectly life under the sun when you work on the horizontal plane. Maybe that's what he's doing here. In uh, the New International Version, it may help you a little bit, 27 and 28. Look, says the teacher, this is what I've discovered, adding one thing to another to discover the scheme of things while I was still searching but not finding. I found one upright man among a thousand, but non, not one upright woman among them all. Uh, this just may be Solomon speaking from that limited perspective and indicating that his conclusions were not. Objective, because of that horizontal plane with which he worked. I want you to figure that out. Come back a couple of days and tell me what that what that's all about. Verse twenty nine. I am I am pretty clear about, and you will be too. So this alone I have found that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Well, that's true, isn't it? That's not difficult. All through Ecclesiastes up to this place, we've been impressed. And depressed about the injustice and oppression and rebellion against God that is apparent under the Sun now when you look at all the bad things and you add them all up on the male side and the female side and 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 the the rulers who are not wise you add all that up where do you come out I'll tell you where you come out God is not to blame man is and that's Where he winds up at the end of chapter 7. God is not to blame. Let's remember, God made man in his own image. God made man upright. There was no built in sin when God made man, there was no evil tendency put into man. God made humans in his image with the capacity of free choice on the part of humans. Man used that free choice to make bad choices. To seek out evil, to scheme, rebel, ignore the maker of the sun. Uh, while living under the sun. So verse 29 is a universal indictment. If if anybody thinks Solomon was just talking about women, well, 29 is a universal indictment against human beings who have sought out many schemes creating the chaos and oppression, division and suffering uh, that is in the world. The heartaches of life under the sun are connected to man seeking out many schemes not god man so that's ecclesiastes 7:19 through 29 beginning with proverbs that are collected together leading down to this point that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and the new testament offers the remedy for that human problem. Questions or comments? Wrap-ups. The only safe kind of human wisdom is wisdom rooted in God and centered in Jesus Christ, which therefore knows its limitations and boundaries. If I want to be wise, I need to recognize the ultimate source of wisdom and I need to eat at that table. I need to drink at that fountain. I need to read that book. That's one thing we get from this section of Ecclesiastes 7 and from all the other sections in Ecclesiastes If you want wisdom, then go to the ultimate source. That would be God, the maker of the sun. Eat at his table, drink at his fountain, read his book and apply it. Number two, never blame God for what man has done. People do that all the time. They look around and engage themselves with the news and wind up in a sense of utter frustration. What's going on? What's happening? I don't understand it. And sometimes that frustration leads to an indictment against the wrong party, against God. Verse 29 very clearly tells us that the heartaches of life are connected to man seeking out many schemes. Never blame God. What we have here is a broad indictment against humanity. In verse 29, what one man called a humbling testimony to the universal problem. A humbling testimony to the universal Problem And another man said the preacher takes the entire human race and places it under the category of iniquity. There's no use arguing about who is more or less righteous than whom or quibbling with Solomon. Sin is the great equalizer. Every man, every woman, every accountable person is a sinner. So the New Testament says. And of course... The remedy is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Iniquity <clears throat> is an equal <clears throat> iniquity is an equal opportunity employer. Taken as a whole, the Bible has as much if not more to say about sinful men than sinful women. But don't put that on a scorecard. Because iniquity is an equal opportunity employer. All have sinned and do fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. And then, I wanted to take us one more time to this. I brought this up in two previous classes, I think. Maybe at least one previous class. And someone made the remark that this captured well much of what Ecclesiastes is telling us. And so I'll bring it up again. It's captured by three words. Assume, determine, and know. Assume that as long as you're here under the sun, there will be good days and bad. I doubt that I would need to give evidence of that for anyone here. Assume that while you're here under the sun, on the earth, there will be good days and bad. Determine that by faith in Christ, you're able to navigate both. Faith in Christ, get hold of that. And you are able to navigate both. Get hold of him. And you're able to navigate both the good and the bad. And three, know that God has something perfect planned for his people when we leave this existence under the sun. So sometimes people call this refrigerator wisdom. Something you put on your refrigerator or your mirror but let's just call it Ecclesiastes, wisdom, from God through Solomon. Assume there will be good days and bad. Determine that by faith in Christ you're able to navigate both and know that something perfect has been planned for God's people when we leave this existence under the sun. Here's what I want to do. Ecclesiastes 7, 19 through 29. Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said, I will be wise. But it was far from me. That which has been is far off and deep, very deep. Who can find it out? I turned my heart to know and to search out and to seek wisdom and the scheme of things and to know the wickedness of folly and the foolishness that is madness. And I find something more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are fetters, he who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the scheme of things, which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found one man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. See, this alone I found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. By the way, <clears throat> the word man in verse 29 is from the Hebrew word that is translated into English Adam God made Adam upright and he sought out many schemes and then the rest of us went in that same direction using the capacity to choose for bad choices the only answer is the salvation God provides in Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for your good attention to our study.